Let's jump right in. Uh, this is the second part of Masterminds, part two. I'm going to call this portion sleeping bags and duffel bags, and you'll understand that at the end of the message. I'm going to keep you wondering through the whole thing. What in the world? Sleeping bags and duffel bags. You'll understand it. But while you're turning to Romans chapter 7, I want to just kind of break out and let you know how the brain and the mind work. So Romans chapter 7 is where we're heading here in just a few moments. But when you stop and think about the human mind, it's one of the most incredible creations ever. It is more powerful than the largest supercomputer, and it can solve the great problems and make great discoveries. It runs on less power than that of a refrigerator light bulb, but it is one of the most incredible inventions and creations. Your brain is so complex that it can simultaneously be working on a math problem, watching TV and listening to music while monitoring your heartbeat and breathing patterns, sending messages to various parts of your body, while at the same time you are texting a friend that you have nothing to do. That's how incredible the brain is. The mind is a mystery, but it is also very easily manipulated lied to, and bullied. And in Romans chapter 7, we see how the mind is basically like a toy being played with. One of the greatest figures in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, was warring within himself. He felt himself going back and forth with good and evil. And the whole chapter of Romans chapter 7 just expresses the frustration of wanting to do good but always finding yourself falling into the evil trap. Hearing the voices in your mind telling you, you'll never amount to anything. You will never show up and be what God wants you to be because you're a human and there's shortfalls and there's failures in your life. So Paul was trapped in the same mind battle that we are trapped in today. And he wrote in verses 24 and 25 his frustrations, which I think will express not only his frustrations, but I know it expresses mine, and it will probably express yours. Verse 24 says, I've tried everything, and nothing helps. Can anybody relate to that? I want to do good, but I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? But he has a revelation in verse 25, and I want you to get the same revelation. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He can and he does. What does he do? He acts to set things right in this life of contradiction where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Anybody relate to that? I mean, we are pulled by all kind of influences. But Paul makes a very important statement in verse 25. And if we're not careful, we look right over it and we miss his main point. And I want you to get it this morning. That we serve God with our hearts and minds. We serve God with our hearts and our minds. Here's the thing. If our minds come under attack then our service to God is divided. This is what Paul means in, in chapter 1. Uh, I mean, uh, this is what James writes in chapter 1, where he says, a double-minded man. 
meaning somebody who is conflicted in their mind, and they are always in a battlefield in their mind. We don't have to live that way. If our minds are unclear, then our worship of God is cloudy. And that's the purpose of the enemy. He wants to come and attack your head because it's the source of knowledge. The heart is for feeling, but the head is for knowing. And that's why we must put on the helmet of salvation every day. That's the reason the Bible says that the anointing falls on the head first. That's the reason we must put on the mind of Christ. Because the enemy is coming to attack our minds. The scripture says, as a man thinks in his head and feels in his heart, so is he. So whatever is going on in your mind, it will, it will manifest itself in the physical. See, the enemy wants to get into your head. And if he can get into your head, then he'll get into your speech. And that begins to reveal your real thoughts. So he is constantly trying to attack your head. He does not have to physically bind you. He does not have to physically tie your hands behind your back or physically tie your legs. All he has to do is get into your head and begin to spread little lies, little frustrations, and jealousy. And then he's got you right where he wants you. He enslaves your mind. And if he can enslave your mind, he can enslave your life. But God has sent me here with some great news for somebody. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's more than one. But there, I believe with all my heart that there is going to be miracle in your head today. A miracle is coming to your head today. If you can get your mind free, then you can get your money, your health, your career, and your family free. There is no hex. There's no generational curse. There's no weapon formed against you that will tie you down because freedom is a mindset. Freedom is a mindset. The Apostle Paul spent his last years in prison because he made up his mind to serve God. Yet even chained between two Roman guards, he was able to say, rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. What was he thinking? How could he possibly worship and trust God in these miserable, horrible conditions? It is simple as this, because his body may have been in prison, but his mind was free as an eagle. It does not matter where you are. You need to write this down. Your condition does not define your position. Your condition does not lock you down to a certain position. Your mindset, the negative issues that are surrounding you, should not determine your outlook. You need to make up your mind to be happy in whatever situation you're in. Whether you've been given a death notice by a doctor, whether you've been given financial strains, whether you've been sued in court, it does not matter. You should say, with the Lord's help, I am going to make my mind a happy mind because I'm going to land in the I'm going to land in water in the land of promise, not the land of end of decrease. Thoughts can be a prison or a platform. You need to write that down. Thoughts can be a prison or a platform because they can lock you down or they can raise you up. Your thoughts can make or break you. That's what it comes down to. Paul could have wallowed in self-pity and thought of himself as a victim. 
But instead, he understood that no matter where he was, he knew who he was. He was a free son of the living God. No jail could keep him from believing and serving God. No bars, no amount of Roman guards, no threats of life coming against him. He knew even though he was in a cell, the least place anyone ever wants to be in, he said, I know whose I am. I am the son of the living God. Victim mindsets are slave mindsets. They say, I can't get over what they did to me. It's their fault I am this way. They are chained to the past and they are trapped by lies and they are defined by two choices. Today, I'm going to bring to you two choices. You can either stay where you are or you can move on. Two simple things. It's your choice today. The power is in your court. The power is in your mind. The power is in your heart. You can stay where you are or you can move on. Because of negative things that have been said about us in our past or even mistakes that we've made, it is easy to forget who we really are. Too often, we've developed a slave mentality. We think we are at such a disadvantage and so lowly that we no longer pursue our dreams. We no longer believe that God's going to send us good breaks. And we no longer pray bold prayers. We settle and live as slaves to addiction and depression, mediocrity, slaves to others' opinions and others' approval. And this slave mindset will destroy you. It will limit your life. But today, would you give me permission to show you who you really are? I want to show you who you really are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 declares who you are. Get this into your soul. Latch on to this very first line. It is the purpose. It is the reason that I'm here today. 1 John 3, 2 simply says, Beloved, now you are the sons of God. Now you're the sons of God. You are the sons and daughters of God and not slaves. It doesn't declare that you're a slave in this verse. It declares that you're a son and a daughter of the living God. Jesus broke the chains of the past and is offering you a renewed mind, a renewed mind. That means a mind that is new again. That means the old stinking thinking can't haunt you or hurt you. Don't fall into the enemy's trap of living guilty and discouraged and with a chip on your shoulder because the past doesn't have to hold you back. We've all had negative things to happen to us, things we don't understand. But you know God's word says about you? He gives beauty for the ashes. When all I've got to offer God is just burn down ruins, God says, I'm going to make something beautiful out of those wrong and message and those wrong ideologies and those wrong things you did. I'm going to turn it around for my glory and your benefit. He says, I have mercy for all of your mistakes. I have new beginnings. And nothing that you've done in the past will keep you from the good things that our Father has in store. You need to get that. Somebody in here has been battling in their mind that I am just not worthy. I'm just not good enough. Everybody else seems to get it together, but my life is falling apart. When I want to do good, I can't do good. I don't understand. So, Lord, I, must, I just must settle where I am. But I want to talk to you about settlement. Looking in Luke chapter 15, we read the story of the prodigal son, and I want to summarize it for you. 
and bring up two points about the story. First of all, a younger son asked his father for his inheritance. And when he got it, he went left home. He just ran away, took his riches with him. He wasted all of that money through partying, wild living, and poor choices. And once he was broke, he was so desperate that he ended up working on a farm feeding the pigs. He became so hungry that he had to eat the hog food to survive. And when he finally came to himself, I love this phrase in the story. And this is Jesus telling the story. So he knew what he was saying. And he said it with a Greek word that I'm about to break down for you. But he says, and when he came to himself, the man in the hog pen came to himself. The phrase in the Greek came to himself, actually means to be restored to a healthy mind. He was in the worst condition of his life, feeling miserable, feeling rejected, feeling foolish for the decisions he had made. He had come to a fork in the road, and Jesus says he came to himself. He restored, <coughs> excuse me, a re, he, a rest, his mind was restored to a healthy condition. That means that he must have had a healthy mind at one point. That means he had, been, he had been corrupted in his mind from where he was once living right and living healthy in his mind. He started believing lies which corrupted and corroded his mind, his speech, and his life. And now he has an opportunity to have his mind restored to a healthy state. And when it says he came to himself, he thought, he thought the first thing that came to his mind when he finally came to a healthy state of mind was he had a thought. Can I tell you one thought is going to transform your life? It will make or break the next chapter of your life. One thought. And when he had come to himself, he thought my father's servants have it better than I do. I am going to go back to my father's house. I know after all the wrongs I've done, I know after all the big mess I've created, I know I'm not worthy to live in the home, but maybe my father will hire me back as one of his servants. He was already getting the right mind, but he wasn't thinking on all eight cylinders of his mind because he still was confused. Did you hear what he said? I can go back to my father's house and live as a servant. He saw himself no more worthy than a servant because of the mistakes he had made and the failures that he had caused. And he stopped seeing himself as a son and started seeing himself as a servant. How many of us have demoted and disqualified ourselves thinking, I'm not worthy of God's goodness. I have gone too far. I have passed the point of no return. I can never reestablish a right relationship with my father. How many of us have ever disqualified ourselves thinking that? 
And I believe he was hearing Satan all in his head. Because remember, the devil attacks the mind. I believe he's thinking when he finally came to himself that the enemy says, Oh no, I'm not going to let go that easy. And he starts pouring all these, all these unfaithful lies into him. He was saying, God isn't going to accept you as a son. Look what you've done. You have gone too far. You've messed up. You have embarrassed your father. You've embarrassed your family. But can I tell you, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So if you hear anything that contradicts God's word and God's love for you, you know it's the enemy and and it is a lie. But this young man did not let the enemy's persuasive talk mess with his mind. He got up his nerve and he headed home and he was prepared for his father to just let him have it when he saw it. How many of you think, God, I'm coming back to you, but I know I'm going to get what I deserve. I know you're probably going to just really chastise me. And he was prepared to let, for his father to let him have it. And as he got to the end of the driveway, he saw his father, and he's thinking, oh, boy, here it goes. All of a sudden, his father started running toward him, and he thought, great, he's not even going to let me on the property. That's what he's thinking. He's thinking all the negatives. All of the negatives. Why is it so easy for us to expect the negative and think the negative? When God says, I don't think that way. And my thoughts are your thoughts. That's what the word says. So if God has high thoughts for me, I don't need to think that God's going to keep me out of the family, keep me out of what's rightfully mine. God says, I want you to come in and partake. When the father got to him, the father hugged him and kissed him. Now the son was very confused, but he went into his pre-rehearsed speech. Dad, I I know I don't deserve to be called your son, but maybe you will hire me back as one of your servants. Wow, how humble, but also how stupid. Because the father had just greeted him, knowing that his son that was once he thought was dead was now home and alive. Are we trying to convince God to hire us back as servants when God is saying, I'm going to kill the fatted calf because my son and daughter that I thought was gone forever is now alive and has come back home. That's what God is saying. The father stopped the son mid-sentence and said, what are you talking about? Don't you know you're my son and you'll always be my son? Can I tell you, when you gave your life to Christ, you were born into the family of God and you can't be unborn You can't be unborn from the family of God. You can't make a mistake too big that the Father (coughs) will disown you. Two points I want to make very quickly. Taken from the story. First one, start thinking like a son and not a slave. Think like a son and not a slave. Sons think differently than slaves. There's a different mindset. A son knows that they are free, blessed, and victorious. They lack for nothing because it's the father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. Now, a son may struggle. They may have an addiction. But as a son, they know they have a right to be free. We may have obstacles in our path. But a son, even with obstacles in his path, knows that the forces for him are greater than the forces against him. That's the way a son thinks. Joel Osteen tells a story of an air conditioner repairman coming to his house. And when the repairman came in, he didn't stop by the refrigerator and get him a drink. 
He didn't stop and sit out on the couch and watch TV. He didn't go in the backyard and enjoy the pool. Instead, he went straight to the attic and he fixed the problem. Why is this? Because the repairman knew that he could not make himself at home because he was there as a servant and not a son. Now, Joel's son, Jonathan, however, comes into the same house. He does not have to ask for a drink. He does not have to get permission to watch the television. The son walks in as though he owns the house. And in all reality, he does. Because what is the father's is the son's. Can I tell you, God's given me a great, just a great phrase that I'm, I'm putting on my vision board. That what heaven possesses, I can possess. What heaven possesses, I can possess. Because if it's my father's, then it's mine too. That ought to make somebody's heart leap with some hope and faith in here. (laughs) To think like a son means that you live under an open heaven. That there is no division between you and your father God. And that you're a forgiven son. And that your father will give you on earth what is in heaven. Think like a son and not like a slave. Second point, you need to speak like a son and not like a slave. When you're a son, you not only think differently, but you talk differently. I can tell what you're thinking by what you're saying. I've been counseling for 25 years as a pastor, and I can tell by how it's going in that session, whether you are telling me the truth, you're covering up, or you're really that scared. I can tell. I know your thoughts. I know if you're angry. I know if you're frustrated. I know if you're jealous. I know if you're doubtful. I know if you're afraid. I can tell if you are a son or a slave by the way you speak. Here's the difference between a son and slave talk. A slave will say things like, I will never break this addiction. But a son will say, I am free in Jesus' name. A slave will say, I never get good breaks. But a son declares, blessings are chasing me down. Favor follows me. Grace and mercy are for me. A son knows that fear doesn't have a place in his life. So a son will say, I'm not afraid, I am brave. A son knows that poverty isn't the will of God. A son knows, I'm not rich, I am am not poor, I am rich. Here's how you need to think when you're battled in your mind for this. You're not a poor person trying to get ahead. You're a prosperous person fighting off poverty. Turn it around on the enemy. A son that has an addiction knows it's temporary. He boldly declares, I'm not weak, I'm strong. And he thinks like this, I'm not an addict trying to get free. I'm a free person fighting an addiction. A son knows that a diagnosis is not a death sentence. A son will say, I am not sick, but I am healed in Jesus' name. And they think this way, I am not a sick person trying to get well. I am a well person fighting off a sickness. That's a mindset. I'm not teaching blab it or grab it or name it and claim it. You ever heard those phrases before? That if you want a man, all you've got to do is just start prancing around the one three times saying he's mine, he's mine, he's mine, and then spit. And then the man is yours and you've met your soulmate. That ain't the way it works. 
You can't blab it and grab it. You can't name it and claim it. Because your speech has to line up with what's in your mind. If you believe it in your mind, then you can begin to speak it into reality, into your life. The problem with the blab it and grab it and the name it and claim it philosophy is that, is, is that it, we can say anything. We know what to say. But if it's not clear in my mind, then I am simply wasting my breath. I know that my thoughts and my speech have to line up. If you think up, your, your speech will sync up. If you think up, your speech will sync up. You need to start saying whatever is coming out of my mouth. Do I really believe this in my mind and in my heart? If it does, then it will start manifesting itself and it will start coming into my life. I am saying there is power in the tongue and it can make or break our destinies. The enemy knows you're destined for greatness, so he attacks your mind by whispering doubts and regrets. So what you say will come to pass. What you say will come to pass. Can I tell you, don't talk yourself out of a blessing. Talk yourself into a blessing. You can talk yourself into a blessing. But so many times, we find it so much easier to just talk ourselves out of a blessing. Well, that must be for somebody else. That must not be God's will for my life. I guess I'll never get married. I guess I'll never get pregnant. I guess I'll never have uh, that promotion. I guess I'll never be free from this addiction. If that's your mindset, that's what's coming to you. If you say within yourself, you know what, I'm a stupid person, then everything stupid in the universe will find its way to you. If you keep saying, I am just poor, my family was poor, I'm poor, I guess my kids will be poor, guess what? Everything in the universe that has lack and decrease is going to find its way to you. Because the program is, the universe is programmed to give to you, creating a vacuum, saying, if you declare it, that's what's coming your way. Be careful what you speak about yourself. Be careful what you speak about your kids. Because you open yourself up, and that could be what is headed your way. You need to speak your way to freedom. And when you change your mind and change your talk, your destiny will change. Your destiny, your calling, your purpose, your way of life will change. I want to wrap up with this very quickly. The moral of our story is you can bring a sleeping bag to the hog pen or you can bring a duffel bag and start packing up and moving on. You're in a hog pen this morning. Your mind is just as low as it could be. You don't think it could get any worse in your life. I'm telling you, you have two choices. You can stay where you are or you can get up and move on. You can bring a sleeping bag and say, I'm settling right here. This is as good as it's ever going to get. So I'm going to sleep here and die here. Or I can start packing a duffel bag saying, I'm not going to rest right here. I've got a father who's got a home and I'm going back to return to him and I'm going to return to the glories and the the blessings and the victories that he has for me. I'm not going to live as a servant and and someone dying in a hog pen. I'm going home to be a son again. God has strategically ordained this message. He knew that you'd be here and he knew that you'd be online watching this. He has a word for you. He has sent me today to release unto you the spirit of I am. When you say I am and whatever follows that statement, 
the universe is programmed to find you. So if you say you're a failure, then failure will find you. If you say that you are always going to be demoted, then demotion will always find you. But I want you to change your mind and change your speech and start thinking like a son of God and start speaking like a son of God and say things, I am a son and daughter of God. I am free from addiction. I am rich. I am strong. I am whole. I am a worshiper. I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am a miracle. I am a sign. I am a wonder. I am full. I am I am blessed, I am happy, I am promoted, and I am going to the next level. The spirit of I am, the power, the authority of I am. I am going to make it. I am going to see the other side. I am going to be victorious. I am going to be free. I receive the spirit of I am. James, Romans chapter 4 says, you need to call those things that are not as though they are. Before you see the miracle, before you see the gift, before you see the open heavens, you need to call on them. You need to speak them into existence. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm taking, going to the next level. When God looks at you, he doesn't see an average person, someone who's sick, addicted, or lacking. He sees a masterpiece. He sees royalty. God sees a blessed person, a victorious person, a favored person. He sees a king's son, and he sees a king's daughter. That's who you are. But now you've got to do your part, and you've got to shake off the slave mentality. You've got to start thinking like a child of the king. If you do this, I believe and declare that every chain that's holding you back is broken. It's broken. God is going to release healing and favor, breakthroughs and abundance. You're going to rise higher and become everything he's created you to be. Can you say amen? Can you give him a hand clap of praise? I'm believing this for you.